Welcome to the Utah Episcopalians. Now, this is a podcast from the Episcopal Diocese of Utah, where we look at our unusual church in our unusual land and sometimes with unusual people. And today we have two pretty swell people that uh, we think of every summer. Well, we think of in the winter too, but definitely in the summer. And that is, we're going to be talking about Camp Tuttle, one of the most amazingly beautiful places in all of Utah and a place that the Episcopal Church has been operating for some time, bringing lives uh, to the outdoors and bringing Jesus and all of religion to people, but in a way that it's for all inclusive people in uh, our community and pretty much of all age groups. We're going to get into that. We even have camp for older people and not just that 12 year olds are older people, but we have camp for even people who are adults. So with all that, let's get into camp. We have Karen Gleason, who's our youth minister, and she is known by her camp name as Shine. We'll get into that too. And Fretz, who uh, obviously plays the guitar, Ingrid Van Satten. So let's get going and let's ask, first of all, tell us, okay, camp is back in business. We've had the pandemic. We've been having camp, but not exactly like camp as we know it. So what do we have for this year? Really looking forward to a full camp. Uh, we're reintroducing our third and fourth grade camps, which we haven't done for a couple of years now. So we're super excited about that. Yeah, if you're a rising third or fourth grader, you can join us at camp for two nights. So it's just a little short, sweet taste of camp and uh, a first experience on your own in the outdoors. So that should be good. Um, the summer itself is bookended with two family camps, um, which is uh, a way for families of all ages, intergenerational groups to come and join us at camp for uh, a, a taste of what it's like. Well, let's start right there. Family camp. So does that mean now that uh, the whole family comes and, and does wood carvings and makes leather belt loops and things like that? Well, yes, all family members, all ages are welcome, but but we do not do uh, wood carvings or leather belts, but we do have a lot of fun things for all ages. Uh, so that is a great opportunity for multi-generations to come together. Also, our first camp is really nice, the family camp, because it gives the opportunity for families to come that might not have come before with little kids that are maybe a little apprehensive, and then they can see how awesome it is and meet the staff and come back. So wait a minute, so camp has changed? You no longer like get little blocks of wood and make little <laughs> you know, sizzling things on them and stamps and make leather? It's changed since 1950s? Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> well, what, and that's probably a good point to get into, too. And then we'll get more into your schedule. But the philosophy of camp now is more than just activities and crafts then, right? I mean, you want them to learn about the outdoors, the environment, and, and things that um, actually are citizenships type stuff, too. Huh? Yeah, you know, our, our mission at camp, while it's remained the same kind of on paper, um, the way that it looks in real life and the things that we're doing with kids is just slightly different. And, you know, 
camp itself offer, uh, offers a really great opportunity for kids to connect their minds and their bodies and their spirits while they're in the outdoors. Uh, and we're really taking a focus on that this summer. Um, we've hired a mental health advocate to be with us on summer staff this year. And uh, her name is Jordan Murphy, camp name to come. And <laughs> she is a grad student at Westminster. Uh, and she's going to be with us on staff to help us uh, support camper and counselors' mental health uh, throughout the summer and engaging in therapeutic techniques um, alongside staff. Wow. So all these things, because, you know, we are aware that the pressures on children today are, are just amazingly complicated and sometimes sad. And, and of course, we, we don't have to go too far back in our news to see some of the things that have created a lot of anxiety. So camp isn't just a place where they can kind of relax and walk through the woods. It's a place where they can kind of gather some thoughts then, huh? That's interesting. Also with uh, reconnecting with nature, and also we have our clergy. Each week we have a new clergy staff member that comes, and actually not always staff, sometimes they just volunteer and take their vacation time to come with us via our clergy for the week. So they're also there with us providing spiritual support, and um, we have evening chapel with singing around the campfire, um, we have morning prayers, things like that. So we 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 touch the spirituality, the mental health, the nature, and recreation, fun, meeting new friends. So it's the place to be. It really is a, <laughs> a place where a child can be themselves in their entirety, uh, all facets, you know, emotional, spiritual, physical, and they can really connect to those. So. Mm -hmm. I jumped ahead on some things here because... One thing that just occurred to me, we talk about Camp Tuttle, is this everybody's been there, as if everybody's seen it. And uh, those of us who have worked with the diocese for years, and uh, we know it as just this incredible, special place. But I, there are probably a lot of folks out here that are going, now, wait a minute, Camp Tuttle, is this in the front yard of some church, you know, or is this like a, a vacation <laughs> Bible school or something? But can you just tell us, that is absolutely one of the most phenomenal pieces of property in Utah, in Big Cottonwood Canyon. And just sort of, why don't you run us through a little tour that if we just arrived at that big gate that says mm -hmm. Camp Tuttle, on what we see, what are the buildings, the facilities, the lake, the moose, and describe where the moose are and where the rope course are is and all that. So can you just walk us through camp? Yeah, as as you mentioned, Craig, you um you take Camp Total Road off Big Cottonwood Canyon Road, uh, right behind Fire Station 108, and sort of get lost a bit in the trees because camp is really tucked back in a beautiful, beautiful six acres of land um, that is amongst, you know, towering Engelman spruce and, uh, you know, rushing creeks and rivers all along us. Uh, as you walk through uh, the camp sign, you'll notice our big uh, eating facility, our lodge, and it's sort of like the heart of Camp Tuttle. It's where the kitchen is and a lot of the gathering takes place. Um, there are eight residential cabins and a beautiful uh, shower house bathroom facility that also houses our infirmary. Uh, we have Christ the King Chapel, 
uh, which is a beautiful A-frame cabin where we do a lot of our worship and group activities, uh, along with our outdoor chapel. Uh, that's an amphitheater that has been recently um, sort of reinvigorated with some new benches and some new um, some new landscaping. And what else, Karen? <laughs> Volleyball, <laughs> Gaga ball, challenge courses, ropes courses, all the fun stuff. So uh, these are the things that make the kids active. And then we have a pavilion where we have an outdoor area seating where the kids can come in and use in campers um, and just hang out. Sometimes we've had couches there. Last couple of years we haven't, but you know you, have, you just can hang out underneath there and you can do crafts. Um, and the rock climbing wall. Oh, the rock climbing by, by the river. Yep. 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 So we have lots oh. of recreation as well. Now, where do you keep the moose? Well, I know we have some deer that sleep under the chapel. So they're really? there every year. Mama, Mama Doe and her babies are there every year under the chapel. And frankly, the camp belongs to the moose because sometimes they're napping under a challenge course event that we won't be able to operate until they decide they're good and ready and done with their nap. So, no, so other than moose camp and deer camp and family camp, um, you have age-specific camps, I know, and it sounds like you have it so that the first-timers, the young'uns, they don't have to be there for a week and, you know, and become homesick. What, describe what the camps you have and when does the season start? Oh, okay, well, our first um, camp, I would say, starts with a labor of love where we invite everybody that would like to come up to camp to see it for the first time or just come back and volunteer. And we help get camp ready and we have a nice lunch and you get to meet the staff and that's June 18th. So that's our first kickoff day. And then after yeah. that, it, it goes into family camp. Yeah, closely thereafter is the first family camp. And then the, the camps roll kind of in succession of uh, age. So you have the third, fourth grade camp. And just to clarify, once again, it's for the ages is for the rising uh, group of that age. So rising fifth and sixth graders come uh, for a full week, which we haven't had a full week camp since pre-COVID. So we're really excited. The fifth and sixth and seventh, eighth graders come for a week at a time and can participate in an overnight backpacking excursion during their week at camp. Um, uh, lots of challenge course opportunities, lots of uh, evening games and, and activities to do with each other. Uh, the high school kids come for an extended weekend uh, where we take them river rafting on the Weber River and then for a two-night overnight backpacking camp uh, that is closely followed by the second family camp where, again, families come uh, together to enjoy a weekend where they don't have to cook or clean or, or they do a little cleaning. They don't have to cook <laughs> and their the schedule bell. is dictated for them, which they love. <laughs> bell rings, they know they have to be somewhere. Yep. They don't have to do a thing about it. <laughs> you know, I want to go back to uh, cooking and I know in talking to you before, um, I think a lot of us, and I, I'm looking at camp in the 50s, but I never got to go to camp even then. So I'm making this up from what I uh, only learned from movies and TV shows like Ernest Goes to Camp and those things. That that to me was camping. I, I have no idea. But um, in cooking, you're telling me that uh, there's actually like special menus and that you can accommodate a lot of things. I mean, for all of us who thought that that camp is hot dogs and s'mores, that that really, um, you, you really made this 
so that uh, children and adults of various dietary considerations can actually go to camp, eat healthy, and they're not going to come back with chocolate smeared all over them and marshmallows because that's all they had. Right. No, we have amazing cooks and the kids just brag about how good the food is all summer. And at the end of the week, they just love the food. So um, we have all, all dietary needs are met. So uh, we take special in consideration that we take care of that. So all kids are welcome, even if they're gluten-free, dairy-free, nut-free, uh, we, we can help with that in any way. We just need, there's a form when you fill out your registration, you just fill out your special dietary needs and we, we make sure those needs are met. Yeah, we're quite lucky actually. The two sets of cooks that work at camp uh, in tandem with each other outside of their, their work at camp are uh, caterers. They do home delivery meal services and cater events. So we are really spoiled with, with our cooks and the food that we get and uh, the quality of food that we eat. Sure. So you wouldn't even make fun of a vegetarian like me? Oh, no, you're welcome to come to camp. You'll be one of many vegetarians, Craig. <laughs> there, are, there are lots of them. <laughs> you know, and you've been talking about how you've been so accommodating. And I know over the last couple of years, and really commend you over the fact that um, during this uh, pandemic, you just were so careful. And I know a lot of parents obviously appreciate that, that uh, you you were able to meet the challenges of COVID. And even though we still have some pretty serious issues out there, it's still on top of mind for you, isn't it, on keeping these kids healthy with COVID? What are some of the protocol that even today you need to do? Our uh, experience in the last two years is really going to serve us this year in keeping campers and, and staff safe. Um, all the staff, once again, will be fully vaccinated. And um, the practices that we've held for the last two years really um, are going to stick around probably for quite some time because of how effective they are at just keeping everyone safe. And that is, we spend a lot of time outside. We spend a lot of time playing outside, eating outside, and uh, around the campfire, worshiping outside. So we're gonna keep those practices in place. Uh, this summer in particular, we're asking that all campers are vaccinated. And if they're not, we'll require proof of a negative COVID test within 48 hours of arrival and have um, hundreds of rapid tests for on-site testing as symptoms occur and as, um, as campers and staff uh, get to feeling, uh, you know, fevery or stuffy, that kind of thing, so. Yeah, so we'll keep them nice and safe. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's deeply appreciated. You know, we, we talk, so much about camp and and I know you're an expert in ropes coursing. I, I know that you've taken like, like these types of um, courses and whatever. I don't even wanna know what you do on a rope course because I know that it sounds like, whoa, that, that might be something better if you're 12 years old than uh, when you hit my age. Uh, but I think that it's been, Wonderful that you, you've looked at some of the modern issues that children have had, whether it's food, whether it's uh, you go into mental health. What made that decision to add a mental health specialist to your camp roster? It seems like a remarkable thing that you're doing, but what led to that? I think really just 
seeing the needs of our campers um, develop in the last handful of years, uh, we see a need for kids to understand how to regulate their emotions, how to identify their emotions, how to handle big feelings and and big uh, events and occasions like uh, they've gone through uh, quite a bit the last a number of years. So we really are just meeting the needs of our campers as we always do. And, and their needs change and are constantly, you know, in evolution. And we're just trying to keep up with what they need. And right now that is mental health support uh, in order that their their bodies are are healthy, but so are their their hearts and their minds. Also with our staff too, I believe. So this will yeah. be great to have it for staff. our staff as well. So uh, yeah. And this person will be with us all summer. So the 24-7 with us. So that'll be great. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting that the folks know Fretz that you have quite the background in education and in our school systems in the big city, as they say. And so you you know some of the issues and have seen uh, firsthand um, some of the reasons that I know that mental health has become imperative um, for that. Do you find that um, the modern camp must be one that is more than just walking through the woods like that? I mean, uh, as we look at 2022 and we look at children and, and what they've seen, what they know, um, is that kind of behind that decision on what you saw in your elementary school background? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, as a public school teacher, you see, you know, you see a, a child's life um, at, during the rest of the time where they're not at summer camp, right? You see them during those nine months during school and um, all the support that they get there, I think sometimes can sort of get left behind in the summer and all the social emotional learning that they do at school, um, hoping that they are getting that, that sort of education. Um, I think when you, carry that into their summer as a form of learning. Uh, I'm very interested in the ways we enrich non-traditional education settings like camp. And I think when you take advantage of the opportunity to enrich a camper's time with social emotional learning and interpersonal relationship skills, communication skills, um, yeah, it, it's just learning continued. I, I'm a lifelong learner and I'm an advocate of lifelong learning. And I really promote that with my staff and with the campers at Camp Tuttle. The staff also is highly trained. I, I think today, the other thing is parents wonder, okay, the counselors, all that. These um, are remarkable young folks that have been vetted. They've been background checked. I mean, your kid is safe, right, at camp or as safe as we possibly can make it. I think that's important to, to know that um, uh, just as I know some of our park employees are now highly trained, vetted, and all that, but that a parent sending the child to Camp Tuttle is going to have that child around people who have been trained, have been vetted, have um, uh, a lot of um, things that you know they'll be safe with. Yes, and we also, all staff is required to take um, a training program called Safeguarding God's Children. So we all go through that training together. And also we have an extensive staff training. It's almost two weeks. It's like 10 days long where we go through all of, uh, we cover all things from safeguarding God's children 
plus inclusivity, love and logic, um, mental health, uh, spirituality, and some more trainings onto that to make sure that our kids and our staff stays healthy because we have to stay healthy in order to give to our campers and serve others. So if we keep ourselves healthy, we can also uh, keep stay, uh, campers healthy as well. I a couple of years ago, we had a parent inquire about yeah, sort of the nature of staff training and who's going to be working with my child. And as a part of our response, I Karen and I were talking about the years of experience on the camp staff. And right now with Karen's 16, 16 completed. Yeah. Almost 17 years. And my almost 15 years, 14 years experience, plus uh, a number of our staff members coming back. Um, like the amount of hours we have spent working with children at camp is it's in the thousands of hours. And it, it really is. I hope, um, or I hope it gives parents a peace of mind to know that when you send your child to camp, you're sending them to camp professionals and professionals in this industry. Let's talk about some of the kids that can go to camp. Now, we talk about this as part of the Episcopal Diocese of Utah, and we have a number of children in our diocese, but you've opened camp up to a far more inclusive group. I mean, I know we pride ourselves on having an inclusive church and all that, but uh, somebody listening to that doesn't have to say, well, my child hasn't gone to Sunday school 51 of the 52 weeks, uh, only missing a week because they were in camp. Uh, but um, you will, you are pretty inclusive on who goes to camp, aren't you? Yeah, and I think, you know, um, working toward even more, even more so, even more inclusive. We have policies this summer being released surrounding gender inclusive housing. And oh. for the first time, we'll offer uh, housing and cabins for. Um, all genders and uh, gender expansive ca campers, siblings who want to bunk together, friends who want to bunk together of different genders, um, non-binary trans campers, um, folks who want to support their non-binary or trans friend uh, or siblings that want to bunk together. So this is a big step in, in our world and in the camp world. And we're really hoping that uh, it, it furthers our mission for inclusivity by opening that to a number of LGBTQIA plus campers who may have felt a little restricted in the past. That's great that you, again, and you know, widening the net as they say, to include one. And, and certainly parents have something to do with that, right? I mean, you're, that you, you work with parents on all these types of things, don't you? Yeah, yeah um, listening to the needs of the community also involving, um, trans and non-binary counselors and folks from our community to help make these decisions and write these policies, I think has um, been uh, really important in, you know, lifting the voices of, of those who have felt unheard in the past. So. Yeah, I've also, I remember in the past having lots of parents ask um, about siblings being able to stay together or best friends first time at camp, but they really wanted to stay together and we couldn't um, accommodate that. But this year going forward, we're gonna be able to do that, so. Wow, so are you eliminating homesickness then? <laughs> I don't think that'll ever go away. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. That, you, we've talked all the modern things now. I gotta believe there is still going to be some little kid that is gonna be homesick after about 15 minutes. <laughs> 
That is, I think, a universal emotion in summer camping is that homesickness. And, you know, it is one of the really big topics during staff training is how, how do you, you know, how do you keep a kid from feeling homesick? And once they're there, how do you get them out of it? <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like clockwork when you know it's going to happen. It's usually in the evening uh, when they're tired and they've had a big day. Um, and those are the... the the symptoms, right? You're, you're tired, you might be hungry. And all of a sudden you're sitting there and you, you're thinking, Oh, you know, but I could be home with mama, but that's great. But we all just offer ideas of what are we going to do tomorrow? We have exciting things tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. What are we going to do? What are we looking forward to? What did we do today? That was so great that you can't wait to get to tomorrow. And so that's the key time in the evening is is uh, all about, you know, caring and um, distraction. <laughs> oh, this is good to know because um, this will help uh, for those of us that work at the diocese because come Friday night, I become so homesick about working at the diocese. So I can just look upon what can I do on Monday? It will be just as exciting on what I did on Friday, right? Just as exciting. <laughs> okay, well, I'll try that. This is good. Now, I can't go without asking a couple things. And then we have Brianna of our staff, too, that I'm sure is going to ask you a question or two, because she's actually young and didn't go to camp in the 50s. And as I say, I didn't go in the 50s. So someday, I got to go up there. And I have to at least feel because how can I go through life of never having been at camp? So, but anyway, before we get there, okay, the name Shine, tell me about that. Oh, Shine. Okay. So when I was young, I was, my, my nickname was Shining Star. So I just kind of carried that through life and it's amazing how it came back to camp and it just got shortened to Shine. So you got to bring Shine, joy, love, happiness. And her strong Wonder Woman hair just shines everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, well. That was an added bonus. Yeah. No, and I know that everyone knows. I mean, I, I think I worked at the diocese for years before I knew you had a name other than Shine and uh, and Fretz. So, you know, everybody just said when we were hiring Fretz that we we're going to hire. And I just, um, and now that I actually know you have a name, it, it, Fretz works better, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I need a camp name someday so that when I come up for my one day, so I can just go through camp and that I can say I've gone to camp, uh, uh, but we'll we'll work on that later. So, but it, it, it's been fascinating just to hear the evolution of camp. That it's 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 still wonderful. It's in the mountains. It's probably one of the nicest Episcopal camps anywhere. Certainly, it's a treasure. Acres and acres right above where solitude is and where the lake is. And you couldn't find a nicer location, but uh, I, I just think it's it's the treasure of our diocese. And I'm sure, Brianna, do you got any questions for Fretz and Shine and me with no name? Uh, is there any questions? Okay, well, Mr. No Name. So here's a question for Shine and Fretz. How do you get a camp name? Uh-huh. There you go. Well, um, the tradition, actually, the t- tradition of uh, like secret camp names or camp names and having your 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 real name be secret, I think is only practiced at two Episcopal church camps um, right now. And it you know used to be practiced, I think, at more. But during staff training, um, you get a name based on 
kind of like based on you, based on your hobbies, your likes, your interests, your characteristics. Sometimes a funny story will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, we were taking a hike. Uh, I think it was my first summer back in 2009, taking a big hike uh, in early June over the snowy mountain. And of course the runoff causes a big muddy slippery slope. And we were sliding down the snow on garbage bags for fun sledding. (laughs) And one counselor slid so far that he ended up in this dirt and had mud just caked all over his side and his camp name became slick. Nice. So sometimes it's like a funny story. Sometimes it's just like kind Mm -hmm. of an embodiment of your, your person. Uh, and sometimes it's just an Amy choose. And then that's okay too, but it's usually during staff training. Some kids like to have a fun camp name that again is like, you know, their, their person embodied, but, uh, yeah, come up to camp and we'll give you a camp name. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to do that this summer. <laughs> yeah. Normally the names that people have called me wouldn't be repeated. <laughs> so I guess right, right, right. I'll have to get one and Brianna will have to get a camp And um, I I guess that is part of all your safety and everything that, to be honest, you just don't allow people to come up and walk through camp, right? It's pretty secure and closed and very, very much uh, an enclosed environment. Perhaps the kids don't see it, you know, but you know it's there. That's a very safe, it isn't, uh, you have lock gates, you have all kinds of... um, of patrolling up there so i will have to come up and um and uh you will you know in a very secure time uh and, you can make I'll an appointment with yes. us yes yeah, <laughs> just I'm let us know or, or you up. are welcome to come to family camp or our you know our labor of love day we'd love to have you come for family camp that'd be awesome yeah but my family is my dog and i it's all ages all ages can come uh, to no dogs will Oh, no dogs. I know. No dogs up that canyon. No dogs in that canyon. All right. Well, I'll tell you, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation about camp. Did we leave anything out that we need to chat about? You know, how do you how do you get into camp? How do you register? What should you do if you got a kid or two that Mm -hmm. wants to go? And I know that in some cases you will have scholarships, et cetera. What do you do? How do we get kids in camp? Okay, so um, you're welcome to visit camptuttle.org under registration tab. And uh, we have a campsite software that will be re- you'll be directed to and you'll just sign your kids up on there. And they'll have options at each camp of different price ranges. So we made sure that everything is uh, voluntarily on an honor system of what you can afford for your finances. So you have three tiers. So just so you are aware, when you get on there, you can pick which one is best suits your family. And if by chance your finances aren't going to make that, those choices, you can apply for a scholarship and we will turn nobody away regarding finances. So everybody is welcome to come to camp. Yeah, the the tier pricing system makes it equitable for all families to come to camp and you don't, uh, you know, get anything different with either tier. It's just uh, to make sure that uh, financially each each uh, family's needs are met. Um, Bring a friend, I would say, uh, register uh, yourself and bring a friend and then tell tell your neighbors, tell your your family. And um, right now we're we're. We're needing third and fourth grade campers. Uh, the the attendance because we haven't hosted that camp uh, mm-hmm. for for a couple years. Uh, I don't know if parents are hesitant. Um, 
that is, it is a young age to be away, but it's only two nights and it's a really great little taste of camp. So third and fourth graders register and bring your, bring your pal. There you go. Well, thanks so much. What a, what an interesting time. Uh, and then you get a name even when you come up there. That's pretty cool. So well, you if you're staff, if you're staff, you get a camp name. Yeah. Oh, you don't get <laughs> a camp name. Hard for us. Yeah. It'd be too hard for us to remember everybody's real yeah. name and camp names. You have to be a, oh. uh, a staff, but you guys are staff, so you'd get one. I see. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, you know, we appreciate it that we've been, of course, talking to Shine and Fretz, our um, the the head of our. Camp Tuttle, one of the most beautiful places you'll ever see in Utah, Big Cottonwood Canyon, just east of Salt Lake City. Um, just a remarkable place and remarkable people. And I tell you, this is exciting to chat about. And you've been listening to the Utah Potcapalians. This is a podcast of the Episcopal Diocese of Utah, where we do look at our unusual church in our unusual state with our unusual staff members. I'm Craig and Brianna, and we appreciate you listening. We'll catch you again on the next podcast. Take care.